Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hi, Ralph. Good to see you. How are you doing? Hey there, Ugo. I'm very well, thanks. How about yourself? I'm doing well, all things considered. Uh, I'm, uh, I see you have got, uh, for, for the people who are not watching the video here and just listening to the audio podcast, I see you've got a, a nice background of a sunset over the sea, but I don't think that's where you are right now. Like myself, I've got a photo from Japan and thanks for uh, this virtual background technology, we can pretend to be somewhere else. I'm actually home. It's uh, it's night here. Well, it's evening, but being winter, it's already it's already pretty dark. So I put uh, behind my back instead of showing the mess of my room of my office, I put up a nice virtual background. And I think you you did the same, right? Yeah, this uh, I'm probably in the exact opposite of what my virtual background is because that's the uh, sunset over cash turkey and unfortunately i'm in the basement uh in chicago (laughs) (laughs) but we can all dream right yeah i can all dream but you 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 returned recently from turkey right you've been there quite a quite a while i actually thought you were still in turkey but you came back uh recently yeah i I went out on a a three-week trip um, good friend of mine had just been there in September and also came back with kind of a, a report of what it was like over there as far as COVID goes and the precautions that they were taking. And so I felt really comfortable traveling over there. And, uh, so I found a, uh, I, I used miles, you know, I've been accumulating miles for years and years and pretty much never used them, but uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to get a business class ticket from Chicago to Istanbul direct and just use miles. And it costs like $49 in taxes. And so I could hardly not go. And uh, so I did some scouting on the Southern Mediterranean coast of Turkey and it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, so yeah, I know. I love Turkey too. I've been in those areas uh, a couple of times already, and actually, I've been to. I was didn't stay in Kash. Uh, I remember going uh, through it by by car. We were just going. We were staying in Kashkan, which is, as you probably know, is uh, nearby, a few kilometers to the west of Kash, and uh, we went to the. Hope I'm not butchering the name. It's the Uchagis. Or Ukagis or whatever uh, a bay, right? Where it's a beautiful area. Where I went there in the summer, we took a, a boat trip along the along the coast. We went to a place where there was those tombs, uh, the Lydian, right, or Lydian tombs. In the, just in the, it's, it's like an archaeological site, but it's not guarded. I mean, it's not it's not a site. It's just this ruins in the middle of the. Of the bushes of the along the, the coast of the sea, and it was kind of <laughs> bizarre to be there and just be able to touch those thousand-year-old ruins with nobody else being there but us. It was uh, yeah, it's a very 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 nice place. But stay there for we did a 
tour of Turkey. So we just stayed there for maybe one week and see if you've been there quite longer. Yeah, I went on, uh, initially it was going to be a three week scouting trip and I decided to, to extend it another month. And, uh, that's after I found out that there were no change fees for my flight. Uh, I thought it was going to be at least $250, $300 to, to make any changes. But I think a lot of the airlines are now, uh, you know, not instilling those fees, which is a great thing. So, you know, that was that much less it was going to cost me to stay. And uh, I was looking at Airbnbs to stay and small hotels and, you know, to stay for a month. It was going to be fairly pricey. And uh, absolute 11th hour, I found the most amazing house with beautiful views and uh, turned out to be about $27 a night or something it came out to. But it was pretty incredible. But yeah, speaking about the ruins, uh, the, the amazing thing about Turkey is it's a very large country. And there are just ruins everywhere. And, you know, I'm sure that they don't have the resources to, to protect them all. So they're, they're, you know, people are building homes that you know, maybe one of the walls is a 2,400-year-old Lycian tomb or something. And uh, you know, the, it's just incredible because, like you say, off the side of the road, there are these uh, you know, thousand year old ruins. And it's, it's just a, an amazing country. That's for sure. Did you just stay in that area or did you visit other places in Turkey? Yeah. So I knew I didn't want to go to Istanbul, you know, one of the largest cities in the world, uh, you know, during COVID. And so I wanted to get to the, the Mediterranean coast. Uh, so I just flew through Istanbul down to Dalaman and then took a taxi to nearby Gocek which is one of the, um, it's a very popular stop for people that are doing, uh, you know, sailing trips or boating trips on the Mediterranean. And so that was a really nice little town. And then took a taxi uh, east to Fethiye, which is a larger town. And uh, that was actually nice. Spent two nights there and they have some incredible tombs there as well. And it's a really nice fish market, waterfront, but only spent two nights there because it was a little bit larger city. And then uh, the main thing was to get to cash. And so spent about six weeks there, I guess. And it was absolutely outstanding. It's a city of about four or five thousand. It's a village of about four or five thousand people. And uh, it's right up against these cliffs. It's got, you know, the, the sort of obligatory 2,000-year-old uh, Greek amphitheater. And uh, it's a fantastic little old town and these 2,200-year-old Lycian tombs that you'll see, you know, right in the middle of the street. A really fascinating, great Friday market. And almost anywhere you stay has a view like in in my background here <laughs> it's pretty mm. yeah it's a, it's a beautiful coastline really uh, the, the, i remember the waters were so clear you can just see down below just yes. looking down from a boat you can see you could see for meters into wow. the water crystal clear really beautiful uh, and, uh, and the people i mean i've been to turkey a couple of times and i said always found the people there to be absolutely fantastic and lovely and welcoming and friendly um, yeah it was really nice to uh after uh, about two weeks that that we were there uh going to this friday market every friday 
Uh, they had you know great market, very few tourists, wonderful food, a lot of produce, and so some really great photo and video ops. And uh, it was fun. You know, after two or three weeks, running into people that we knew from the hotel that we stayed at, or the restaurant, or uh, just you know shops that we stopped in on, and people you know, hey, how you doing? How's your trip going? You know, really felt like a local for a, a period of time. And and like you say, the people are just so friendly and outgoing and welcoming. And uh, you know, for a short period of time, I felt like a local, which was really nice. Did you see other places nearby? I know there's a Greek island right in front of Kash, right? Did you go there or? No, it was closed off. Uh, could, yeah. The boats were not running. Uh, so that's Castellarizzo, or I think they call it Mice in Turkish, mm-hmm. and right off the coast. So it's sort of this main feature that you see right off the coast there. But it is a Greek island, but the boats weren't running because I guess, you know, Europe was considered closed, and uh, but normally it's, uh, I want to say, five kilometers away and a very inexpensive boat ride to get there, but it looked amazing. Unfortunately, we couldn't get over there, uh, but uh, some really nice beaches. Uh, I'm not that much of a beach person, and and to be honest, uh, you know, seeing that it was all those, those sort of big pebble beaches, that didn't interest me, but it was kind of the first time that I'd ever experienced a, a, a pebble beach. And it was fantastic. I mean, I, I much prefer it over sand because sand is so uh, it's yeah, everywhere. <laughs> really messy, and it gets everywhere. It gets into everything, and so those those big pebbles, I just loved it. It was fantastic. The water was like uh, like a swimming pool, and uh, very clear, like you said. I mean, I could see down, you know, probably eight. 10 meters and there was actually like a boat that they sunk on the bottom just off the shore so really really wonderful did you take a lot of photos i took more video mm-hmm. uh, and, but i you know, i had to force myself once in a while i said you know what i'm not getting a whole lot of pictures i need to be taking uh some photos here so yeah i did uh uh, you know, and, and not a lot of photos is like over a thousand, but, you know, in the course of almost two months, that's really not that much, <laughs> you know, for a photographer. You thought it more of like a vacation than yeah, work. But uh, you, you took video for your new channel. Maybe we want to talk about your new YouTube channel, The Continental Drifter, right? So I guess that's, uh, you yeah. would be using some of that material for, for new episodes there. You want to let us know about it? Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, that I've, I started a travel blog. So you know, we have all this time where we're not traveling and as travel photographers and tour organizers uh, during 2020 when, you know, no one can travel or not too much. And uh, so like most people trying to make the best of it and make the best use of my time. So I created a travel blog uh, at continentaldrifter.co. And I had always had an idea of having a YouTube channel associated with it. Uh, it took a lot longer than I thought. Uh, as you know, when you think about shooting video and photography, they're really two very different mindsets. And so it's hard to shoot, to do both at the same time. And so it kind of end up concentrating on one or the other. So that's why I shot a lot more video. But uh, the channel is uh, about, it's geared towards sort of a 40s plus age group, uh, so more mature uh, 
travelers and, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's more about travel, but also about photography. And um, what I'm doing is because we're not traveling that much right now, uh, my idea once we do start traveling is to get video in these locations that's current, but uh, because we're not traveling too much, I have been going into my archives and really, you know, seeking out some really wonderful experiences that I've had over the years that I think are fairly unique and that people might be interested in. And um, so, you know, anywhere from bread beating in Romania, which is a really interesting experience to um, looking at the uh, zip lining in Copper Canyon, Mexico. That's something that will be coming up soon. Uh, some video that I did in Bulgaria. So I'm reaching back into those archives and, and bringing up some some wonderful memories for me and hopefully some really great content for people to sort of uh, see you know what, what can be done and seen in these places. Yes, it's pretty much all about the experiences that you, you can get in those places more, more than the visuals per se, right? Yeah, it really is because, uh, you know, people are typically looking for unique experiences. And that's what I've always tried to do with my tours. And these are more often than not experiences that we have on my tours. And so, uh, you know, introducing people to the, the very unique uh, and interesting types of activities and experiences that we have on my trips. And it's not to sell the trips because, uh, you know, I don't even do a Bulgaria trip or, but uh, to, to give people an idea of what can be done in these places and the people they can meet, the foods they can uh, eat and drink, uh, because I, I'm, I really enjoy the food. Um, I, I, I've owned several restaurants over my career. I come third generation restaurateur. So um, food is a big part of, of my life. <laughs> I eat three times a day. <laughs> like everybody, like almost everybody. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, it's such a big part of travel, and I think we all can appreciate uh, exploring what's really specific to a place, and that's the idea. Yeah, cool. So we'll put a link in the, in the show notes uh, to, to your channel to, for people to check out. Uh, I watched a couple of episodes. Uh, really well done. I mean, yeah, and it's, it's, it's like anything. I always say you, you can't get worse at photography, so the more you do it, but same with this. And uh, so, um, you know, I, the videos are only going to get better and better as, uh, you know, I learn uh, more about the video part because this is somewhat new to me. And some of these videos are ones that are, you know, 95% of them are just uh, iPhone, smartphone videos that I've taken over the years. Uh, now I've got a, a DJI Osmo gimbal, the, the, the three, and that's been invaluable. And also, you know, thinking a lot more about sound and uh, really getting that B-roll and telling the story. So these are all parts of a video that when you watch a YouTube channel, or when I I'll speak for myself, uh, you know, when I, when I would watch YouTube videos and being a photographer and a little bit of a videographer i can appreciate what goes into them but then when you you think about starting your own channel then you really appreciate what goes on behind the scenes to to create a good video yeah i was started watching more youtube videos recently especially from photographers especially from nature photographers 
And I see sometimes there's like Thomas Heaton, for example, he's one of the best there, one of my favorites. And he does one vlog or video every week. And if you think about it, you realize all the work that goes into it, especially when, not, not just the post-production, maybe not a lot, but especially during shooting. I mean, he goes out alone in the wilderness and you see these shots of him walking right across the field or on a trail on the mountain and so on. And he's, he's alone. He's, he doesn't have people shooting with him. So he's putting the camera down, framing it, and then recording himself walking for a few seconds. And yeah. then there's another, just to make the thing, the, the thing more lively, right after that, there's another shot of him walking towards the camera. Maybe there's two or three, four, four or five during the whole maybe 20 minute long video. Then there are sections where he's shooting photos or explaining what he's doing, talking into the camera. And you think, I try to do it myself when, like when I was in the Dolomites recently. And I realized this is too much work. I cannot do this. It's, it's insane. And I, just thinking, I did try to record myself speaking. I realized I made mistakes and I had to record myself. And then I go to the back of the camera, check it, and the focus is off. And my framing is off. And the audio is bad. Uh, oh, Okay, maybe. Yeah. I, go ahead. No, I was saying if I if I had if I had to do this like full time, I could do it. But if I need to do it once in a while, it's a it's a ton of work, and I can understand even the work that goes into your videos. Uh, to do it. Yeah, someone like that, you know, where you're getting, you're doing that, you're setting it up, you're walking through the scene, you come back, then you reset it up a different angle, you know that that's very difficult to do and um, you know, it takes a lot of time, but then there is the post-production part of it, the editing, the, the organization of all that footage, putting it into a story. Uh, that's uh, even more of what I appreciate because I'm not an editor and uh, you know, these guys that are getting drone footage and all the different types of footage that you can get. It's, it's a, it's a lot of work and the sound and, and I, I've made every mistake and it was great to be there for uh, two months in Turkey because uh, it really gave me a chance. I, I'd gone out with the, this, this year um, here in the U S um, I did a circle tour of Lake Michigan and brought it out when I first purchased it just to, you know, practice with it and try it out. Um, and uh you know, it was just a disaster but to have two months to be able to work with it there and make all the mistakes and to see the improvement from you know, the first week to the last week. Uh, that was gratifying because, uh, you know, like I said, you can only improve and get better the more you do it. You know, I've got one and DJI Osmo to myself, but I think you've got the one with, for the, with the mount for the, for the phone, for the smartphone, right? Yeah, I actually uh, got the, the first version, which had its own camera with the gimbal. Oh, yeah. And I used it when I went to the Dolomites in October. I mounted it. I also got the, uh, the, the, the mount with the suction cups that you can mount on your car. So I got some footage when I was driving, when I was going from one place to another one, I got some footage of me from the car driving through those mountain roads as we were like driving through a forest and then there was an opening and you could see the a peak of the Dolomites with beautiful light. And the footage is great, but I've got like 10 minutes of only that. <laughs> so I cannot just 
use only that. I would eat something else. And maybe one day I will go back and and do more. But I was I went there and said, oh, I want to take photos here. So I put down my tripod, put the camera there, wait for the best light, and then didn't find time to to shoot video. So yeah, it's complicated. And you'll probably use three to five seconds of the that ten minutes if you were to put together a video to tell that story. Yeah, you know, and it's just like it's, uh, it's nice footage because it's very smooth, right? You know, with the Osmo, it's very smooth. So if you're driving and you see, I was also panning, going to the side when I was driving along the side of the mountain, so you could see the valley below and the mountains in the back, but. Yeah, you can just do 10 minutes of that. You need a few seconds here and there to, to use to break between scenes. Maybe you explain how you go from starting one place, take some shots, and then move to another one. And you can use that in like a fun intermission between those those scenes. But yeah, I've only got that. So far. That's, that's actually a different device. I don't remember the name of it, but I, I had the Osmo One, which is also a, you know, you put your smartphone in it. But the I way think, I think you have the Osmo mobile one, yeah, mobiles, yeah, yeah. mine is the Osmo, okay, so it's, uh, it's just it's got its own camera, yeah. And but the, the one though, the way it goes in, it when you slide it in, it covers up the the uh the connector for any mm. sound equipment, and so I bought the three because now it's open on that, the both ends are open, and I can put. Uh, you know, I could put something into the lightning port for sound because you've got to have good sound. Yes, yes. The the original Osmo has a built-in internal microphone, which is not very good, but it also has a microphone uh, jack, so you can plug in an external microphone if you want. It's a pretty neat device. I mean, it was kind of probably when they decided that the first version was good, but now with the quality of the image quality that you can get with smartphones. Attaching a smartphone to one that it doesn't have a camera, so it's cheaper, it's still just a handle and a gimbal is uh, uh, is much more convenient. You can just use it. And then if you don't have to extract the, the, the SD card, the micro SD card from the device, plug it into the computer, you have everything on your phone. If you want to transfer it to the computer for editing, you can do it with Wi-Fi, or you can just edit with iMovie on, on the phone itself or some, or some other applications like that. So for videographers, it's uh, it's probably the way to go. I still, still have that one because that's, it was the only, the only device that allowed you to do something like that when it came out, but now it's probably a bit obsolete. Still works well. I, I love it having the put it in on the car and driving around and uh, in uh, nice roads and showing uh, that it's uh, just need something else to, <laughs> to complement that. Yeah, this was the only way that I was really going to be able to do it because setting up DSLRs or uh, you know um, Micro Four Thirds cameras and all that stuff uh, just wasn't going to be practical for me. Uh, I know a lot of guys do it and they get great stuff and, and I'm sure the quality of the footage is better, but you know, you got to balance what you're, you know, they always say what, you know, the best camera is the one that you're, that you have with you and that you're willing to, to work with. And so for me, that's a smartphone. Okay. So besides Turkey, did you do any other trips? Maybe you said you, you do the workshop in, um, in Chicago or the U.S.? 
Or a tour? Uh, I did a couple uh, speaking gigs mm. for out of Chicago. I think you were involved as well. Um, I I did scouts uh, the, the week before we sort of closed things down. The last week of February, I was in, in Rio. I think we talked about that. Yes. Yeah. So that was a, a all-out scouting trip as well. And then right after that is kind of when the COVID door slammed shut. But uh, I did a, a another scouting trip, uh, did a circle tour of Lake Michigan. I was looking for more local-type trips to to do here in uh, in this area. So um, yeah, that, that's what I was I was thinking of. I mean, are you planning to do some short tours in the area if you can? Yeah, I did a, a Milwaukee scouting trip as well, and uh, Milwaukee is uh, an often overlooked city here in the U.S. and it's fantastic. Uh, it's a really neat town. It's kind of like a small Chicago. It's also on Lake Michigan. Beautiful architecture, nice riverfront, great food. Um, it's it's a really wonderful town, uh, really nice culture and museums. So that's a, another place that I'm looking forward to, to doing some, some more local trips to. But yeah, I mean, like everyone else, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what to do domestically. But, you know, I'm, I'm really, you know, just trying to be positive that uh, at least in the second half of next year, 2021, we're going to be able to, to, you know, be kind of sort of back to normal. Yeah, everybody's hoping for that, waiting for this vaccine to <laughs> to start having an effect on on our ability to to travel again, hopefully soon. Yeah, yeah. So no, no specific plans. Well, I mean, I've got all kinds. Of, I've got a full calendar for next year, but they're all mostly international trips, uh, Mexico in April. I've got Southern uh, Puglia. Um, I, I call it the postcard Puglia trip in uh, late April, Portugal, uh, France. That trip's had to be changed twice, unfortunately, uh, for May. So um, I've got a full calendar for next year. We'll just see you know, where we're at as those trips approach and uh, whether or not we'll be able to do them. But um, I've talked about it before, but I'm kind of with this a la campagna experiences type trips. Uh, I'm moving more towards those kinds of uh, trips where we, we stay in one, maybe two, three locations for a longer period of time, really get to know them. Uh, there are more outdoor activities, less driving between locations um so you know i guess i was kind of on to you know where i think travel is going before this whole covid thing hit but it was just uh you know obviously completely uh you know i did, didn't know that this was coming at all but uh it was the kind of travel that my clients were starting to ask me about you know we don't want to move around see a whole country in in 12 or 14 days you know, how about if we just stay in one or two places for a week or 10 days and really get to know that, not go to these huge capital cities, um, you know, not have to drive five or six hours in between locations. Uh, so that's where I was kind of moving these a la campagna trips. And um, so I think that's where travel is going to be going as people, uh, you know, as we come off of this COVID thing and people start thinking about you know, not being in big buses and in big capital cities uh, too much. Are you 
Do, do you already have a, a detailed plan or itinerary for Puglia? I'm interested because it's a, it's a region I love. I've not been there that often, actually, uh, until recently. I, I used to do to go to Bari, which is the region's capital, uh, sometimes, but I ne- didn't see much outside of it. But I've gone there for a week in the spring of 2019, and then again for a few days last summer, and I started kind of rediscovering it. And it's it's an amazing region, really, really beautiful. Do you have any specific locations that you have on your on your plan? Yeah, um, we're probably going to be flying into Bari and then going immediately from there to the small Agriturismo in the countryside, just outside of, uh, I believe it's pronounced Nardo. Nardo, okay. Nardo. Yeah. And uh, some smaller villages nearby. Again, just, you know, the Sagra Turismo uh, is sort of self contained, and uh, we'll be doing little, very short trips to nearby villages, uh, some cooking classes, things like that. Uh, something that I've learned um, is that this, which, if people don't know, Puglia, you know, is considered the heel of Italy, right? Yes. And I guess uh, upwards of 40% of Italy's olive oil production comes just from that small section of Italy. That's yeah. what I've... Mm, I don't know the exact uh, fraction, but yes, it's uh, they have huge olive groves there. It's like okay. it's a it's not a small region. I don't know in terms of surface, it's probably one of Italy's biggest regions. And it's uh, it's very flat. Um, the southern part is almost completely flat. It's like a plateau, and it's uh, you can if you drive along that, uh, going south from Bari. At some point, you start seeing olive tree after olive tree after olive tree. They, they've been hit hard recently with this uh, infestation of um, I think it's an insect. It's called xylella, and they had a lot of uh, many trees were lost to that uh, infestation. They're still fighting it. So the industry has been hit hard, but they're still, yeah, Italy's biggest olive oil producer and they export all over the world. So if you drink olive oil in the US or chances, if it's come from Italy, if it comes from Italy, chances are it's coming from Puglia. That's amazing. So the Sagra Turismo is just like seven rooms and uh, has swimming pool. It's got a small olive grove and all kinds of fruit trees and things. So, you know, the, Alla Campania, the idea is to have the, the locations that we go to, the properties that we stay at, are kind of destinations in themselves. And of course, we'll get off the property, but if people choose, they can stay on the property and you know just have a great time as well. And uh, so, yeah, make sure you go to Matera. I don't know if you have that on your radar. Matera is uh, it's not technically in Puglia, it's a nearby region, which is called Basilicata. But it's only 90 kilometers from Bari. There's a direct train line if you want that, or you can drive. So probably from Nardo is close. And it's a, it's a city that is unique in the world because all the, the old city is being excavated in the, in the tufa rocks uh, on the side of this uh, ravine. So that, that's a whole fab- fabulous city. It's really unique in the world. Make sure you, you go there if you, if you want to do travel a little bit farther, but it's not that far. It's right. actually one hour, one hour drive or 
or a bit more from Bari. Yeah, there's there's so many wonderful places in that region. So, yeah, good things to look forward to. How yeah. about yourself? What do you have going on? Uh, at the moment, not much. I mean, being winter, I would normally have no tours planned for this time of the year. I would be staying mostly home anyway, recharging, but... Uh, Hoping to do more in, uh, as you says, as you, in spring and summer, when things will hopefully start getting back to normal. Definitely wanting to to do some, got some interest in uh, doing uh, tours of Tuscany, especially in the spring. Uh, got a, a tour organized there. Hopefully, we, we got clients. They they want to go. They just want. The gates to be open and they just they will be here in <laughs> in no time. So that that's hope that that is going to happen. Uh, I don't know about the Venice Carnival. Uh, actually, is I, I was in Venice for the carnival. I think I already told the story. Just the day before the pandemic exploded in Italy, it was the end of February, and they shut down the carnivals two days earlier because uh, we're just going into lockdown. Initially, it was kind of a not real lockdown, but they started closing down big events and so on. And just one week later, we were in complete lockdown. So I just managed to do the Venice Carnival workshop at the end of February. Uh, I would love to do it again next year, but honestly, I don't know if that will happen because it just, just to close, I mean, we were expecting to getting the first vaccine doses in January. And being that the carnival is at the end of February, I don't think that's that's going to be enough time to get uh, the thing really under control. So I'm setting my sights more on uh, on the spring and summer to see how it goes. And just probably as you uh, doing things here in Italy at the beginning. No, still a lot of people want to come to Italy. And I was actually this year, me and my wife, we, we took our vacations for once in Italy instead of traveling somewhere exotic. We saw some exotic places, exotic to us. I mean, because uh, I set up an itinerary that would include places here in Italy that I've never visited, but I've long wanted to visit. So I just pinned them on a map. This is a place I want to see. I want to see Maratea. I wanted to see Tropea. I wanted to see Saturnia in Tuscany. I wanted to see Rocca Calascio in the Abruzzo region and Vieste in Puglia again. And just connected them with a pencil or with a Google Maps and setting up an itinerary that would lead us through all of those places. We finally was able to, to see them and do a little bit of scouting also. I love to, to go them with a, with a photo group. Uh, if possible, in um, because these are just, just hidden gems. Everybody wants, of course, wants to come to Italy, and of course, if they're if if it's their first time in Italy, they want to see Venice, they want to see Rome, they want to see Florence, and I've got nothing against that. But uh, personally, I've been there many, many times, and even for myself, I wanted to go a little bit off the beaten path. And those places that uh, mentioned Matera is. Uh, it's a place that's become more popular recently, in recent years, because in 2019, it was the European capital of culture. Uh, it was, they shot a lot of movies there, including what that was that Mel Gibson's uh, The Passion of Christ, right? Was that the um, 
so this was shot in Matera. And yeah, so it's become a bit more popular, but still not many foreigners know about it. Uh, and there are other places like in Puglia, where you go, Nardò, or you can go to Bari, but nearby Bari, there's Trani, there's uh, Castel del Monte, there's um, Polignano. Those places are for a day trip. They're not big cities, so you can go there for a day trip and visit one different city on each day if you want in a very short close uh, at a close range and they're all lovely uh, we're in uh, in trani one a couple of days in a in a bmb on the on the arbor it was just wonderful just uh yes there was just another discovery i did this year still another town in puglia it's just at the most easternmost tip of the Italy's hill and it's uh, facing the sea. There's nothing in front of it, just uh, the sea. Looking forward to, you, you can see Albania if you, <laughs> maybe on a clear day, if you go atop the hill, you can see Albania in, uh, just in front of you. That's, uh, and there's nothing there. And it's a, it's a very, still being the, the south of Italy, that part is very verdant. There's a lot of uh, forests, pine forest, trees, there's Mediterranean bush there which is quite unusual in a, a region that is normally very dry. So it's a lot of variety there. So I want, I want to do, do more of that and take people there like, like you are doing. So going, looking forward to do more of that in this year if possible. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I, my plan for a long, long time has been to, to move to Europe. And so I'm hoping that I can make that happen by the end of next year. Mm. And cool. I'm still not sure where that will be, but it could be Italy, uh, Spain, Portugal. Those are really high on my list of, uh, you know, the types of cultures, the climate, the, the Mediterranean that I just love. And so uh, I'm, I'm doing some planning about around that right now and we'll see what happens with that okay good i think we've been rambling for quite some time hope we've not <laughs> bored our listeners too much i uh, hope we will now that we've restarted the podcast also adding some if we can manage to publish it adding some video version of it that people will want to keep following us we are planning to have new guests and old guests coming back on the show in the coming weeks. So uh, looking forward to to do this, do this again regularly on the Traveling Image Makers for, for the rest of the year and the coming futures and maybe be able to, to talk about our actual trips. I mean, it's not what you did. You did take a trip, well, I did uh, a couple of trips this year. It was not completely uh, lost, uh, hopefully. Maybe it was a bit lost to the business side of it, but. Uh, we're able to take some some nice trips and uh, be able to to share our impression, insight, maybe a little bit of tips about uh, those locations. So I hope people will want to keep following us and subscribing to our podcast on the Traveling Image Makers, make, Traveling Image Makers, sorry, uh, ttim.photo, uh, and follow you on your YouTube channel. You want to, again, to say the name of it. Yeah, it's the Continental Drifter. So if you go to youtube.com slash C slash Continental Drifter, uh, you could find it there. I'd love it if people would subscribe. 
turn on notifications, make sure that you uh, put in some comments. Would love to find out what it is that you're looking for and uh, spread the word. So follow along. I appreciate that very much. And you still got your official websites and uh, your photography tours and so on. You want to mention them? Absolutely. Yeah. So photoenrichment.com and alacampagna.com. You can find uh, all the different tours that I have coming up uh, in the next year. And uh, Turkey's not up there yet, but uh, that will be sometime in late October, early November. I'm just working out the details for that. Um, finishing out the year, we've got a wonderful trip to Spain that I can't wait for September. Uh, Armenia, Georgia has been a very popular destination, India and Cambodia. So some really great trips. And so hopefully we'll all be traveling uh, real soon. Great. As for me, you can find me at ugochayphotography.com or for my tours when hopefully we'll be able to still, will to again do photo tours at tours.ucphoto.me. we got some, some coming up. Uh, just not going to... Crossing my finger, not going to mention anyone in case I jinx them. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so hope to talk to you again soon on this channel and others. And for now, let's get out and shoot.